Would you turn in your Bibles, my dear friends, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27, in preparation for today's message. Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. Our theme is Tremendous Truths from the Resurrection. When I was studying in preparation for Easter, I was so blessed by the incredible truths that began to surface as I studied this familiar passage of Scripture. I certainly did not have time to share with you all the truths on Easter. And I said to myself, Self, you can't just pass by these truths. You've got to communicate them. And so this is part two of Tremendous Truths from the Resurrection. If you look on the screen, you'll see the part one truth that I shared with you. The first truth last week was Jesus keeps his word and his promises. The resurrection assures us, tells us that yes, Jesus keeps his word and his promises. Then we talked about how the Lord wants you and me to have faith that Jesus rose from the dead. And then the third truth we focused on last message was the women were told and you and I are told to share and spread the news that Jesus is risen. And fourthly, our risen Jesus wants to meet you and you can become a true follower of Jesus, a true worshiper. Amen. There is a summary in your program in your bulletin of last week's message, part one, if you want to reflect upon it this afternoon. Now I want to take you to part two of this message. And the first tremendous truth that I want to share with you is this. Number one is God has a sense of humor. I don't ever recall communicating this truth to us in any message across my 34 plus years of ministry. And some of you are probably thinking, some of you Bible scholars are probably thinking, especially Pastor Nick, where in the world do you get that truth from the resurrection? Where do you get the truth that God has a sense of humor? Okay, I want you to follow me. Follow me on this. And you are going to have... A what? An aha moment. Remember a few weeks ago? Aha. Some of you said, yeah, aha, I got it, I got it. About another truth. So, I want you to think of this. Think about how a big, heavy stone had been rolled across Jesus' tomb. Right? Then on the Saturday, the day after Jesus was crucified and buried in the tomb, Matthew 27, beginning at verse 62, says this. It says, the next day, that's the day after the crucifixion, on the Sabbath, the leading priests and Pharisees went to see Pilate. They went to see Pilate. Pilate was the Roman governor for the area. Now notice what happened as we continue in this passage. Verse 63 of Matthew 27. They told him, Pilate, they told him, Sir, we remember what that deceiver once said while he was still alive. 
After three days I will rise from the dead. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. If that happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Now notice verse 66, and I'm using the New Living Translation, by the way. Notice verse 66 again, where it says, So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Who were, who were the they who sealed the tomb? Well, it was the leading priests and Pharisees who were enemies of Jesus, and the guards a combination of them who sealed the tomb. They, they used some kind of, of a wax in their day and age. They used some kind of a wax to seal the tomb, to close it up fully. And verse 66 also says, they posted guards to protect the tomb. Now, according to one of the great Bible scholars, He says there were most likely 12 guards. Dr. William Hendrickson tells us that. All right. I want you to capture the picture. Try to capture the picture. The heavy stone that was rolled across the burial site, across the burial tomb. I want you to think of the seal, the seal that was put around the stone the guards that are there the heavy stone the seal the guards that was all done so that the disciples could not steal the body so that they could not go to anyone and say that Jesus rose from the dead which would have inspired even more people to believe in him than previously so here is why i say God has a sense of humor. The stone, the seal, the guards. Ultimately, the guards are supposed to be the guarantee that the body of Jesus is going to stay in the tomb. Right? But watch this. After Jesus' resurrection... Look at Matthew chapter 28, after the resurrection, going into the next chapter, Matthew 28 verse 11 says, As the women were on their way, on their way from the tomb, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. They went and they told the leading priests, who were enemies of Jesus, what had happened. Okay. What did the guards tell the leading priests had happened? What did they say? Well, they must have said, if they were honest, they must have said, we can't explain it, but Jesus is risen. That's what they would have had to say. The enemies probably said, uh, he, he is what? He is what? He is what? Like the stone, the seal? All you guards, and you're telling us he is risen? He's risen from the dead? 
And the guards must have said, that's what we got to tell you. Jesus is risen from the dead. Now here's the humor. Here's the humor. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. It really is. It really is. Here's the humor. Okay? Instead of the disciples, instead of the disciples telling the religious leaders Jesus is risen, the very guards they posted at the tomb are the ones who told them that Jesus was risen. Therein lies the humor. And I heard an aha. Who was that? Thank you. Thank you, my sister. Do you get it? Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Dr. William Hendrickson beautifully says this. He says, The stone, the seal, the guard. What a sense of security all this had given to the chief priests and the Pharisees. Yet, in the sight of heaven, yet in the sight of heaven, all this show of strength spelled clumsy, fantastic futility. In Joseph of Arimathea's garden, where the tomb was, in Joseph of Arimathea's garden, the Almighty was laughing. (laughs) God has a sense of humor. In fact, Psalm 2, Psalm 2, verse verse 4 says this. Let's read it from the big screen. Psalm 2, verse 4. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. Come on. Read it out loud so, so that the radio listeners can hear you, okay? But the one who rules in heaven laughs. <laughs> oh, far out. You didn't know I used school language, did you? (laughs) Uh, My friends, my friends, listen. Whenever you hear Pastor Nick or Pastor Lisa or Pastor Lucas or any other minister, any speaker, tell an appropriate, tell an appropriate funny story or joke in church, you know what? God probably gets a bigger laugh out of it than anyone else. Why? Because God has a sense of humor. It's okay to laugh in church. It's okay. Well, since God has a sense of humor, I have a little story to tell you. (laughs) I should have asked Pastor Lisa to tell you this. She tells these better. One Sunday, one Sunday, Annie's pastor challenged his congregation to be aware of opportunities to testify for Jesus. Annie was certainly known for her faith and her boldness in talking about the Lord. She was known to stand on her front porch and for the benefit of her atheist neighbor, she would shout out, she shouted, praise the Lord, resulting in her godless neighbors saying back, there ain't no God, there's no God. When hard times set in, Annie stood on her porch one day and prayed out loud. She prayed, praise the Lord, please God, please send me some groceries. The next morning, 
She found a large bag of groceries on her porch, which again caused her to shout out, Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! And just at that moment, her neighbor, her neighbor jumped out from behind a bush and said, Hey! 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 Don't give God the credit! I bought those groceries! I bought those groceries! He didn't! Well, Annie, Annie laughed. Annie laughed and got more excited. She laughed and she jumped up and down. She, she clapped her hands and she shouted, Praise the Lord! He not only sent me groceries, but he made the devil pay for them! Amen. God has a sense of humor. And it's okay for you and for me to have one. All right? Here's our second tremendous truth from the resurrection today. And we're just going to get to it after we read Matthew 28, beginning at verse 1. Okay? New Living Translation. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. By the way, the Lord often used earthquakes to get people's attention in the Bible. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Now, my friends, here is today's second truth from the resurrection, and it is this. Number two, read it from the big screen. The Lord has special blessings For people who truly love and are loyal to Jesus. This truth came to my mind from Matthew 28. The whole passage, but especially from what we read in verse 1. Early on Sunday morning as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to visit the tomb. And so they are the first to discover that Jesus is risen. And then later in verse 9, as they went, verse 9, as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grasped his feet, grasped his feet, and worshiped him. Mary, Magdalene, and the other Mary 
were blessed. Think about it. They were blessed to be the first people in history to discover that Jesus had risen from the dead. Amen? One Bible scholar says, Dr. William Barclay, he says, they had been there at the cross. They had been there when Jesus was laid in the tomb. And now they are receiving love's reward. They were the first to know the joy of the resurrection. The fact that the risen Jesus first appeared to these women, for me, is a powerful lesson to us that the Lord has special blessings for people who, who are truly loving and loyal to Jesus. Amen? With the exception of the disciple John, by the way, with the exception of John, none of the other disciples who belong to the group of 12 is reported to have been present at Calvary where Jesus was crucified. But these women had been present. These women had been present. They displayed incredible courage. I want you to notice that Matthew 28 verse 1 speaks of Mary Magdalene. Who was she? Who was she? Mary Magdalene was from Magdala, M-A-G-D-A-L-A, a town located on the southwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee. The Gospel of Luke chapter 8 verse 2 tells us, Jesus had delivered her from a very bad case of demon possession. So she had this incredible thanksgiving spirit in her heart for all that Jesus had done for her. Mary Magdalene is the Mary who, after Christ's resurrection, stood at the tomb weeping when Jesus, whom she at first thought was the gardener, appeared to her as recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. And by the way, she is definitely, she is definitely not the sinful, immoral woman of Luke chapter 7. And then along with Mary Magdalene, Matthew 28, verse 1 also speaks of the other Mary. The other Mary. This was Mary, the mother of James and Joses, J-O-S-E-S, who was also present at Christ's burial and was now present at the tomb early Sunday morning. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us a lot about this other Mary. I'd like to suggest, I'd like to suggest to you that the other Mary can represent the many women the many women like those of you in our church who are loyal and loving towards our Savior and our Lord Jesus. Amen? You are, not, you are not a movie star. You are not a singing star. But you are a star in the eyes of the Lord because you love him and you are loyal 
to our Lord Jesus. You are faithful to him. Amen. The fact that the risen Jesus first appeared to these dear women is a powerful lesson to us that the Lord, I believe, has special blessings for people, women or men, who are totally committed, who are thoroughly loyal to our Lord Jesus. Here's a question. What might those special blessings be? What might those blessings be? Well, neither I nor any other pastor can really specify what those blessings might be. No one can really say. But I believe it is true. Amen? Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says. We can read it from the big screen. Read it out loud together, shall we? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Say it again, and let it sink into your heart, into your soul. Together, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love Jesus? Do you love him? Are you loyal to him? On the, on the Thursday evening before the Friday on which Jesus was crucified, the disciple Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. And sometime after the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus said to Peter, he said to him three times, Peter, what did he say? Do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Simon Peter, do you love me? Amen. It's a question you and I should also answer. And may you and I forever, forever love Jesus and be loyal to him. Amen? Now, I want you to listen carefully. Or you might not get what I'm about to tell you. Are you listening carefully? Are you listening carefully? All right. The story is told about a wealthy old man who was very enthusiastic about his lovely young bride. But sometimes he wondered, he wondered whether she might have just married him for his money. And so he said to her one day, he said to her, Honey, if I lost all my money, would you still love me? His young bride said, Of course I would still love you. Don't be silly, but I would miss you. Pastor Lisa just got it. My wife usually gets things. I, I don't know, she's a little slow today. Oh, she got it. Thank you. All right. If you didn't get it. 
The Lord just maybe didn't want you to get it. (laughs) It took me a while to get it, by the way. My friends, don't walk away from Jesus for any reason. Don't walk away from Jesus for any reason and enjoy the Lord's special blessings that he has for you because you love him and are loyal to him. Amen? Amen. Let's go to our third tremendous truth. Pastor Lisa, these are tremendous truths, aren't they? Yes, I'm glad. She's, she's just about finished her doctorate, right? She's almost finished. So if she says they're tremendous, they are tremendous, whether they're not. Whether they are or they're not. No, they're tremendous truths. Not because Pastor Nick came up with them, but because they come forth out of God's Word. All right, here's the third truth Be forever overwhelmed by the love and forgiveness of Jesus. Now, this truth came to my mind from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse 10. All right, look at verse 10. And some of you are going to think, where do you see that? Okay, stick with me. Then Jesus said to them, this is the risen Jesus. He says to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers, go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Now we have to be clear on the fact that my brothers is a reference to his disciples, okay? It's referring to his disciples. It is incredible. It is incredible that Jesus still calls them my brothers. Think about it. To me, it's really incredible that he calls them my brothers because on the Thursday evening before the Friday on which Jesus was crucified, not only did Peter, not only did Peter deny knowing him three times, but after Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, Matthew 26, verse 56 says, all, all the disciples deserted him and fled. That's what God's word says. All of them deserted him and fled. So think about this. Jesus calls them my brothers. Jesus, Jesus did not call them. He did not call them my faithless, faithless followers. He did not call them you deceiving disciples. Amen. He did not call them you disobedient donkeys. Right? No. Jesus did not say, he did not say those habitual quarrelers, those those men who promised to remain loyal to me no matter what would happen, but who when the crisis arrived left me and fled. Jesus did not refer to them as, quote, those men who with one exception were, were not even present at Calvary when I was laying down my life for them. None of that. No. It was none of that. Instead, he calls them my brothers. Pastor Lucas would say, that's awesome. 
Right, Pastor Lucas? He would say, oh, oh, that's, that's awesome, man. I'm sorry, I got the accent wrong. I got to practice the Brazilian accent a little bit more. I, I just seem to kind of fall into the, the uh, what, which accent? The Jamaican accent. Forgive me, Mr. Brazil. You know, when, when, we see, when we see Jesus referring to the disciples as my brothers, we see, we see the love and forgiveness of Jesus. Are you with me now? Right? And I want to suggest to you, be forever overwhelmed by the love and forgiveness of Jesus. First Peter 4, 8 says this. Most important of all, continue to show love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins. Think about it. Jesus' love certainly covered a multitude of the disciples' sins. Isn't that true? Jesus, however, not only showed incredible love and forgiveness towards his disciples, he shows awesome love and forgiveness towards you and me as well. Romans 5, verses 6 and 8 say this. Why don't you read it out loud with me? When we were utterly helpless... Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And then if you were to look at 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 11, it says this. Read it in unison, shall we? God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Amen. We surely ought to. My friends, be forever overwhelmed by the love and forgiveness of our Lord. And may his love, may his love inspire you and me to love each other. And may his love and forgiveness draw you. Draw you like a magnet into a warm, wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. Are you trusting? Are you trusting in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? This can be the day for you to make this definite decision to repent of your sins. To say, Lord, I, I, I sense your love and your forgiveness drawing me to yourself. 
I sense your spirit and I, I sense this incredible love and forgiveness that you showed towards the disciples calling me to you, Lord, into this relationship of love. And so I want to ask you to bow your head with me. And if this prayer expresses your heart's desire, would you pray it right where you are? Dear Lord, thank you for your awesome love and your awesome forgiveness. I am drawn to you by this incredible love and forgiveness that you offer. And I receive your love and forgiveness. I repent of my sins. I repent. Forgive me of my sins, dear God. And I ask you not only to forgive me, but Lord, I promise, I promise that with your help, I'm going to stop sinning. I'm going to stop doing that which I know to be wrong. Because in love, I want to please you, Lord. And so on this day, Lord, I give you myself. I give you my heart. I give you my all. And I want, I want to definitely begin a relationship with you. And I want to grow closer to you. I want to honor you, please you. And I want to be able to say, Jesus, you are my Savior, my Lord. And I worship you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Radio listeners, you can pray a prayer like that wherever you are listening. You can pray a prayer like that wherever you are. Just as we're able to pray that prayer here in the Rosewood Church Sanctuary.